Ion 2020, episode 175. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, the host of Ion 2020. That's right. Coming to you again, the Monday through Friday show that brings you the news and related events for the 2020 election, making sure that you are up to speed, up to date, and well-informed about the candidates, their policies, their positions, all that good stuff. Thank you for joining me for another day of Ion 2020. It is Wednesday, and I just want to make sure that I am bringing you up-to-date information on the news and things that are going on, because that's what I do. That's what I try to do for you, and uh, I appreciate those that continue to listen every day. seems like listenership continues to go up and up every single day. I look at the numbers, and I am super impressed, so I appreciate you sharing the show and letting your friends know about it, and also, um, you know, those that have given me five-star ratings, those that have given me reviews and stuff, doing that as well, that's very helpful to make sure that more people can find this show, because it does help with the algorithms to make sure that when somebody searches for Libertarian Podcast or Libertarianism or uh, Election 2020, things like that, they're going to find this show, and they're going to know that uh, this is going to be a great show, because they see that it's ranked four and a half stars, and I did get one negative review, I got a one star, it literally happened about... I think about a week and a half, maybe two weeks into starting the show, I got a one-star review. And this was back This was back in January when I had no idea what podcasting was. I was just kind of starting this thing up just to have some fun with it and just putting out show after show, you know, and, and, the, and the quality of the sound was terrible. Just things were not as good as they are now in the sense of the sound quality. I think I've gotten a lot better. And also, I've learned how to do the podcasting. I've learned how to put together the first parts of the show and ending the show and so forth. And at the time, I get that one-star review, and I was just or that one-star rating. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is devastating. And I've been trying to make it up the entire time. Every single rating I've gotten since then has been five stars, except for that one. And it still drops me down to one and a half star, or four and a half stars on the Apple rating. So go ahead. If you've liked what you heard for a long time, go ahead and give me that five-star rating. You don't even have to do the review, just a five-star rating so I can get that thing boosted back up to showing five stars. That's always going to be helpful to me. I just want to have that thing at five stars all the time. Um, But hey, guys, the last week or so, I have been covering the candidates. You know that. I'll go back and listen to the last several episodes if you want to. You'll see that I've covered uh, all the candidates. I go to their website and I look at their policies. The reason why is because we want to know what these people think, right? We're libertarians. We just want to have a general idea what they think. If they have any libertarian policies, that's great. We'll support them on those. We might even praise them on those. But most of their policies, especially the the Democrats specifically, because I'm going to all of the candidates' websites that are going to be on the stage September 12th, right? You got 10 Democrats that are going to be on the stage on September 12th during the next debate. They're only going to do one night of debates. It's going to be 10 candidates that were able to get... 2% 2% in several polls, I think it was, or was it 4%? Now, I think it was 2% in several of the polls, as well as 130 individual voters, or donors. So, you had Tulsi Gabbard, who did not get in, but she was pretty darn close. But then, then again, 
all these people that have not got into the debate, they can actually get into the next round of debates in October by getting to that same threshold, 2% of the vote, 2% in the polls, as well as uh, 130 individual donors. So she still has a chance to get in. For those of you that are libertarians that like her, a lot of libertarians seem that they like Tulsi Gabbard. So, but she will not be on the debate stage, but I am covering all of them. I'm covering all 10 of the people that are going to be on the debate stage in September, on September 12th. And I'm going to their websites. I'm looking at their policies. Most of them say issues on their website. And I just want to let you guys know a general breakdown of what they're talking about. And the thing is, is I started looking at looking over and I was just like, man, I cannot do this for each individual candidate. I cannot do a whole show on them because I'll bore you to death. Because they're all talking about the same thing. I said it on yesterday's show. They're all like a quarter, right? The coin. They're a quarter. And uh, they all look the same. They're all silver. They all have George Washington's head on them, right? They all, um, they're all basically the same. They say, I mean, I'm pulling out a quarter right now, actually. They all have a date on them. They say, in God we trust on the left-hand side. Liberty at the top, you know. And then you get the older quarters. I don't know if you remember those, but they had that little Amer- that little bald eagle on the back. It says United States of America, quarter, quarter dollar, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it says that little Latin word. I don't know how to pronounce it because I am not Latin. I never took Latin, so I don't know what it says, but um, it says that on the back. And then you got, so all the candidates, it's like 10 of them. They're all kind of like a quarter. They all look the same. They all talk about the same thing. They all are shiny and new, just like, you know, just like a, just like a nice fresh quarter. Now you got Joe Biden. He's like an old-fashioned quarter and so forth, but they're all a quarter. They're all saying the same exact thing. So I could not possibly do an entire episode on Cory Booker, an entire episode on Beto O'Rourke, an entire episode on... Um, Pete Buttigieg. I can't because I'll basically be saying the same thing about all of them, right? They're all the same. They all have very similar policies and proposals and so forth. So what I've decided to do is today I'm going to bring you a little bit on Cory Booker, a little bit on Beto O'Rourke, and a little bit on Pete Buttigieg, just so you know what their policy proposals are and what they're thinking about for this 2020 election, okay? So let me start off by talking about Cory Booker, okay? It's Cory Booker 2020. They're calling him Cory 2020, so he's going by his first name. Cory 2020, that's on his website. And if you go to the very beginning of the website, you just got to tap, you just go to CoryBooker.com, and it'll come up with, you know, meet Cory, and it'll talk a little bit about him. He's, you know, a senator from New Jersey, and he grew up in the in the hood and all that stuff, you know, that's what he's trying to propose. I think he says he even lives in, like, the most crime-infested place in Jersey or something like that. Like, he has to try to build some street credit, seems like to me. Um, he's an African-American gentleman as well. Um, he's very, very polished when he speaks. He knows his stuff when you listen to him talk. I mean, he has a lot of that same charisma, but maybe, like, a little bit hard-nosed style, right? Then, like, a... Then Barack Obama did. But yeah, you look at him and he's just, you know, he's he has a lot of charisma and he is polished when he speaks. I just that's the one thing, that's the first thing you notice about him if you start listening to him talk. Um <clears throat> so Corey's plan for America. Right now, people fear that the lines that divide us are stronger than the ties that bind us. But Corey is running for president to change that. The answer to our common plan or common pain is to reignite our sense of common purpose to build a more fair and just nation for everyone. Here's how we'll do it. 
I don't know. I mean, I don't. This is my feelings on that particular statement. I don't know that a Democrat or Republican are going to be the ones that are going to ignite this sense of common purpose to build a more fair and just nation for everyone. I don't think that Democrats have a common purpose with Republicans. I don't think Republicans have a common purpose with Democrats. Like, there's not. All, there's a lot of division among the two groups. So if he's trying to, if that's his goal, if that's his plan, being a Democrat on its own is going to make it so that you're just going to cause some division among the people that you're talking to immediately. Republicans are going to tune him out as soon as he starts talking. Democrats are going to listen. That's the way it is. You go to the presidency, you become the president. Democrats on Capitol Hill, they're going to go along exactly what you say. Republicans are going to Vote against everything that vote against any policy proposal that you want to put up. It's just the way it is. That's the way that Washington does business right now. So, as a libertarian, we look at it and say, "Woohoo! That's a good thing because we don't want the government getting anything done. Because the less the government does, the less it infringes upon your liberty, and the more the economy can know that we're going to have stability simply because." Nothing can get done in Washington. So that's a good thing, right? It's certainty. It builds certainty in the markets when there's divided government. So that's generally a good thing. So anyway, hopping onto Cory Booker's website, the first thing he has on there is justice. The second is opportunity, and the third is American leadership. And then it gets into like the... It it generally breaks down each one of those points, right? So with justice... Surprisingly, he has animal welfare on there as the first one, but it's actually in alphabetical order on what... So it's not an area of importance, it doesn't seem like to me. It's on, So for justice, he wants animal welfare. So his goal, I guess, is to get the... This is weird because um, one of the other candidates had it on his proposal, on his website as well, yesterday, when I was talking about um, Julian Castro. Like, that was one of the first things on his website as well. Animal welfare, animal rights. So if they want to get the federal government involved, I guess in the Humane Society, I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so he got what criminal justice. It's time to end mass incarceration in America. I actually look at Cory Booker, and I agree with a lot that he says on criminal justice reform. He is right on a lot of those issues. It's ending the war on drugs, implement bold and comprehensive reforms in the criminal justice system, and pursue restorative justice. So I, I like him on a lot of those things. I mean, I, I think that if you look at America, we have more people in prison than any other country in the world, and we're the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's what we call ourselves, right? Yet, we have more people in prison than any country in the world. Even China. Look how terribly communistic China is and how brutal of a government they have, yet they have less people in prison than in America. So... It's because of our war on drugs, guys. That's what it is. We have a bunch of non-violent criminals in jail for having possession of weed or any other drugs. Which, we need to end the war on drugs, so he is right on that. Democracy and voting rights is another thing that he talks about. Equality for LGBTQ people. So every single person on the Democratic stage is going to have that stuff on there, right? Equality for people with disabilities, gun violence, so he wants to address gun violence, it's an epidemic, he says. Immigration, 
I wonder what he says on immigration. I want to see what the Democrats are saying about immigration because if from my standpoint, it seems to me that they don't care about people that are coming across the border. Let them all come. Give them free health care. Give them free benefits. Give them everything. So there might be a point of differentiation on him. I don't with Cory Booker. I have no idea. As president, Cory will work to. Hold on, just a second. I just messed up my my computer. There we go. As as president, Cory Booker will fix our broken immigration system and ensure that America once again becomes a beacon of freedom, hope, and opportunity in the world for generations to come. So he wants to protect the dreamers. Uh, he wants a pathway for citizenships for millions of undocumented immigrants. Okay, I mean that's that's fine. They're already here. They're already here. I don't think there should. I mean, yeah. What are you going to send twelve, fifteen billion, or fifteen million people back to wherever they came from? I I doubt that's even possible. So you got to have some kind of way to work on that. I don't know. I don't know if it needs to be a pathway to citizenship immediately, but over time, maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah, he's pretty much the same as most of the Democrats. He's not really saying too much about this that, that you haven't heard already heard before. He wants to have the dreamers become citizens. He wants to have a pathway for citizenship to anyone that's here illegally already. And um, and they all say they need to help protect the border a little bit more, but I don't. They, they're not really serious about that either. Um, not that most candidates are. Even Trump isn't, you know, when it comes to that, he talks a good game, but he can't really get much done on the border anyway. And is that even a good thing? I think that we need immigration in America anyway, because you do, it does help build the economy. And there's, because there's an economy that's built around immigrants. I mean, you look at Mexico, or not Mexico, sorry. You look at um, Miami during the Cuba, when when a lot of people are immigrating from Cuba. Like, the economy was strong. These people are going to spend money, they're going to eat, they're going to buy stuff, they're going to go out and party. So they're going to be adding to the economy so i think i mean generally i think immigration is a good thing it's been a good thing for all of america you might as well bring them on in it'll help us build up build up the middle class it'll help to over time with more immigrants it'll help to i mean look what look at america back in the 1900s early eight or middle the 1800s you had people just coming over from ireland from Western Europe, from all over the all over the world, they would come over here. From China, people are coming over here all the time. That was the immigration policy was lax back then, and those people added to our country, and that's a good thing. Immigrants, they come over here most of the time. They work their butts off, man. That's what they do. So I don't think that's a necessarily a bad thing. But um, a lot of you guys probably disagree disagree with me on that. A lot of libertarians are totally split on that issue. So. Let's get off of Cory Booker because you've heard all of his policies because you've heard all of the Democratic policies, right? And they're all pretty much the same, like I've said. So you get into Beto O'Rourke and uh, his policies, his plans, he's going to talk about. So it says, let's go to his website first. It says, meet Beto. Growing up in a city of immigrants, asylum seekers, and refugees, Beto learned what is best about America, the idea that no matter our differences, who you love or who you pray to, what you look like, whether you've been here for generations or just got here yesterday, you're in the right place as a businessman and congressman, as a rocker and roller, as a candidate for Senate and for president. Beto has spent his entire life being together, bringing together everyone. Okay, so that's a really terrible statement. Being a rocker and roller, he's spent his entire life bringing together everyone. That's kind of weird. But anyway... He is the candidate that is in tailspin, so um, he's probably not going to be on the debate stage for 
I mean, he'll probably he'll definitely be on the debate stage in October, but the next round he probably won't make it because he will have to end his campaign. He'll probably end up running for um, for Senate in Texas, I'm sure. Climate change. He's, his his number one policy that he shows on here is climate change, but it actually looks like it's all in alphabetical order. So let me go through. Them. He talks about climate change, criminal justice, democracy, economy, education, gun safety, hate crimes, healthcare, immigration, LGBTQ+, national security, and veterans. Okay, so they want to take care of the veterans. So, so, so does everybody else, whatever. Um, that's normal. What's he say on national security? I want to see what he says because, um, in my opinion, to me that's most, one of the most important things that you can do. And it's an easy thing to take a stance like a libertarian stance if you want to get out of these wars. So let's see what he says. Vision. Our power rests in our unyielding commitment to our values and leadership at home and abroad. And as the world creeps towards authoritarianism, we need to defend those values. Now more than ever, not with unnecessary wars, but with bold leadership on the international stage. That means standing up against the rise of authoritarianism around the world and protecting our democracy from interference here at home, focusing on diplomacy, development, and defense rather than supporting brutal campaigns like Saudi Arabia's war in Yemen. Okay, that's good. Restoring our relationship with our allies instead of cozying up to dictators and reestablishing our leadership of our own hemisphere by inviting, by investing in stability, peace, in Central America and combating hate crimes here at home. Okay, so... Let's dig into that. So, Saudi Arabia's war in Yemen. Yes, terrible. I'm glad that he actually mentions that on his website. That's good. That is good. So, we're not going to support that. That's great. Um, instead of cozying up to dictators and reestablish... Okay, so, we need to make relationships with our allies instead of cozying up to dictators. Yes, Donald Trump is supposedly, air quotes, cozying up to brutal dictators or whatever. But, let's be honest... At least they're having a conversation in North Korea. At least they're having a conversation with Russia. Um, at least those conversations are there. The more you talk, the less likely it is that you're going to have war, right? And I don't think there's going to be war with Russia. I don't think there's going to be a war with North Korea by any means. I don't think either of those countries would want anything like that. It seems more like Saudi Arabia wants to bomb people. And, I, and excuse me for saying this, but Israel wants to start bombing people in Iraq and everywhere else that they can to try to defend themselves, air quotes again, from Iran. Um, but yeah, we need to we need to end a lot of these foreign interferences and stuff. And um, I don't like what he says about this, though. As the world creeps towards authoritarianism, we need to defend those, val- defend those values now more than ever. So, so defend the American values. Is it something that we need to be involved in if the rest of the world is creeping towards as he says authoritarianism i don't know i just don't think that that's right but um that's what his that's what his campaign website says what does he say about israel and palestine because actually i don't see anybody else anybody else's website they don't bring up israel or palestine beto believes that israel is our strongest ally in the middle east as president he will Advocate for a two-state solution, which Beto believes is the only way to achieve peace in the region. Work to guarantee the safety of all who call the region home, Israelis and Palestinians. Hold all parties to account for violations of human rights. Wow, so he says hold all parties to account. Does that mean that he will hold Israel to account for violation of human rights? Because that's what they're doing over there a lot of times. I mean, they're bombing cities. They're bombing the places where these people lives. live. A lot of times, these people 
are civilian they're civilian targets there's it's like the world's largest outdoor prison essentially when you have an entire area you know of these of the Palestinian settlements uh, entire areas that are fenced off essentially you're not allowed to come and go freely it's an apartheid state so yeah those are um they need to be held accountable to human right violations so will beto do it i don't know i i don't know i mean the talk is tough that that, that does sound like some pretty talk, tough talk on this issue but then again so did Barack obama in 2008 he was pretty tough on a lot of these issues as well all right so what does he say about terrorism okay so Beto believes our ability to fight terrorism is dependent upon our strength and our relationship with our allies. As President, Beto will take every necessary step to ensure Americans are safe from terrorism, including intelligence gathering with our allies, pursuing target actions, da da da. Okay. So obviously they're gonna they're gonna go along with that. Um, what does he say about North Korea? Beto believes that Trump's lack of coherent strategy with North Korea strengthened Kim Jong un and weakened American interests as President Beto will protect the United States. Okay, so he's gonna work with South south korea japan and our allies to embrace diplomacy with north korea with the goal of denuclearization okay so that's the critique of of um president trump is that when he's going there to talk to kim jong-un that not a lot is getting done and that it is not leading towards denuclearization i don't think that kim jong-un will ever give up nukes in the first place the idea should be to you know make it so that they're not going to use them at least get them to say, yeah, we have them and we're not going to use them like every other country that has nukes does, right? And that's it. So the last person we're going to talk about, because I'm not going to make this show go too long, because they're all saying the same thing, like I've said in the past, right? Because they're all saying the same thing. If you look at Beto, if you look at all of his things, they're all the same. Immigration, health care, he wants free health care for everybody. He wants, you know, to take away all your guns and all that good stuff. So, uh, But he did bring up he did bring up Israel, so that's a good and holding them accountable to th- certain things. So that's that's good. I'll I'll give him props on that, but he still has a social. He's a wildly socialist person when he speaks. Uh, that's all I've noticed. So what does Mayor Pete have to say? Meet Pete. That's the main. That's what it says on there. Meet Pete. He is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Just so you guys know, you guys know that. I mean, actually, you guys know how I feel about him as well. This guy has a lot of money. And he's raising a lot of money from the special interests and from the big bundlers and stuff like that, right? This guy is getting tons of money from the bundlers. So he has Hillary Clinton's money behind him. He has um, Barack Obama's money people behind him as well. So he's getting a ton of money. So he was also a military guy and he is also the, I think he, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I think he's the first like openly gay male to run for like president on the democratic ticket or maybe even ever i'm not sure um he might be the first gay person between male and female uh which is interesting uh it gives him that little bit of outside credibility of just not being a white guy you know uh but what does he have to say his first statement overview let's see this is what he says when he says issues it's time to reclaim the values that drive our policy decisions that's the weirdest little statement I've ever seen in my life. All right, let me go. <laughs> it's, client, it's time to reclaim the values that drive our policy decisions. We are living through a moment of huge upheaval, but it's also 
a great opportunity. This moment demands that our policies reflect a deep understanding of Americans' everyday lives and embody our country's highest highest values, values like freedom, security, and democracy. As a mayor and as candidate for president, Pete has heard from voices in communities across the country about the struggles and aspirations we share as Americans. This campaign is about building the kind of democracy and society that works for all of us. It's not just about winning an election. It's about winning an era. Okay. They're all saying that, man. They're all like, we need to build this thing together. We need something that's going to work for all of us and blah, blah, blah. That's the same thing Elizabeth Warren says on her website. So there's not much different between him and anybody else, like I've said in the past. Freedom. Okay, so in his section, freedom. Health care. What's in there, by the way? Freedom. So not. let's talk about liberty. Liberty is the ability to do as you will and be left alone, right? Uninterfered by governments and policies and so forth. Let's actually look up the word liberty on Daniel, on the Webster, Merriam-Webster dictionary, I guess is what I'll look for. Let's see what liberty means. Liberty, ready? The quality of... Or state of being free. The power to do as one pleases. Freedom from physical restraint. Freedom from arbitrary or, arbitrary or despotic control. The positive enjoyment of various social, political, or economic rights and privileges. The power of choice. A right or immunity enjoyed by prescription or by grant. Permissions especially to go freely within specified limits. So that is what liberty means okay pete mayor pete and then he says freedom so what is freedom let's look up freedom on marion webster's webster's dictionary there we go freedom the quality or state of being free such as the absence of necessity coercion or constraint in choice or action liberation from slavery or restraint from the power of another the quality or state of being exempt or released usually from something onerous. Unrestricted use. The quality of being frank, open, or outspoken. Okay. So, the first idea, the quality of or state of being free, such as the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint, and choice or action. Right? So, you're looking at this and you're thinking to yourself, he says freedom. So, when I think freedom, I think to myself, being left alone not having a controlled government confiscating my wealth not having things taken away from me um having the ability to move about as i want to freely and so forth right but his idea is free health care apparently because that's what he puts in there free higher education because that's what he puts in there equitable public education eh. infrastructure so that's that that has to do with freedom as well that's weird that he puts that in there as his thing um Consumer protections, racial justice, we'll go with that. Criminal justice reform, okay, that's a good one. Um, Inclusive economy, gender equality, they're all going to have that stuff on there, right? Gender equality, okay, so that's definitely has to do with like like the transsexual movement um, in this thing as well. And then you got reproductive rights, so obviously that has to do with uh, abortion. Okay, so then if you get into security, what does he say about security? That's the next point that he tries to make, right? is security. It's just weird the way that he puts that in freedom because it's freedom, security, and democracy. Those are the things that we value in America. 
But when you type in the things that we value in America are freedom, and then you say health care is freedom, higher education is freedom, and all that stuff, that has nothing, that is, that's not what we value in America. All right, so what do we talk about when we say security then? His, his idea, climate change, foreign policy, immigration, gun laws, election security, minimum wage, that would be security, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, let me stop right here because I can't go through this thing any longer on Pete Buttigieg's website. They're all saying the same thing. They want to give you as much free stuff as they can in order to get you to vote for them because they're trying to pander to as many people as they possibly can. That's what they're doing. They have this huge agenda to, to grow the size of government, grow the control over the economy of the government. And it's just going to, I mean, when I think about that, guys, when I think about that, all I think to myself is they want to create dependency upon them for your health care, for your education, for your higher education, for your daily cost of living. I mean, at some point, are they going to say food is a right and that the government should provide all of that too? Because if you look at the Soviet Union, food is a right there and people starve to death by the millions. So to me, I listen to this, I, I, I look at these people, and all they want is this, they, they just want to promise more and more and more when we're in a country that's 20, almost $23 trillion in debt right now, where does that money come from? There's not enough rich people in America to make that happen. And if you start taking that money away from them, you get the whole situation with at-risk shrug where the people with the money and the people with the, the best and the brightest, those that are the producers in America... They start moving away. They start going elsewhere. There's not enough. We need to seek to we need to seek to become independent from our government, right? We need to seek to become the type of people that look at our government and say, I don't need them to survive. I am gonna determine my own life. Self determination, liberty, freedom. Those are things that we value as libertarians, and that's what I want to help help other people to see and I hope that you'll do the same thing as well get out there and talk to your friends about it the libertarian ideal of you know doing it on your own I mean that, that to me that's the most important thing is not dependent upon the government and let, look at these politicians and laugh at them and say all you want to do is create dependency upon you I don't think that's a good thing I'm going to vote for somebody and I'm going to try to find candidates that are talking about self-determination talking about non-aggression, talking about dealing with people in a way that is not coercion. But all these candidates that are on the Democratic ticket, they want to coerce you into providing someone else with something. Like if you're not a college student, if you don't go to college, should you be paying for someone else to go to college through your tax dollars? No. Maybe pay for your kids to go to college if they want to go. But it shouldn't come out of your tax money. Same thing with same thing with like Medicare for all. You should be able to go to the doctor on your own, on your own terms, right? With your own health insurance, or if you want to pay cash, you can. But it's not the government's job to take care of you on that. It's totally not. Because all that will do is lead to rationing of care and you being dependent upon your government for that. And when you become dependent on your government for that, every decision that you make going forward with an election, if you decide to vote, 
is going to be based upon the idea that I'm going to vote for the person that's going to give me more when it comes to my medicine because they start rationing it and then someone else says, well, hold on, that's that's not just. We need to start taking care of people and put more money into Medicare, more money into healthcare. Where is that money going to come from, though? I don't know. So anyway, guys, that's all I got for you today. I appreciate you coming out and joining me every single day, Monday through Friday, putting this show together for you. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Give me a five-star rating review. You can check me out, iontheempire.com. Also, t- Twitter and Facebook, I on the Empire as well. And then email me, ray at iontheempire.com. Um, and if you do want to support the show, you can do that as well. How do you do that, by, you ask? Anchor.fm slash ion2020, all right? And then come on back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Hey guys, I'm excited to announce the new podcast I'm coming out with called First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. Now, if you're not a salesperson, then it might not be for you. But if you are a salesperson, or if you know another salesperson, go ahead and direct them towards this show. It's going to be a show that is based upon helping somebody that's in their first year in sales, or maybe even somebody that is in sales already and just wants to brush up on some of the sales skills that they need in order to be successful. I'm focusing on habits and also different parts of the sales process in order to help people to become more successful in their sales job. So like I said, if you know somebody that's in sales, or if you yourself are in sales, go ahead and check out this podcast. It's on all of your podcatchers, anything that you would listen to. And that is called First Year in Sales with Ray Ian.